Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, tonight, D-Generation X proudly brings to you the greatest show on earth. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Joe Black, Chris Mindell, the Sons of Slam podcast. second we lost a legend in the wrestling world mr pierre clermont otherwise known as pat patterson passed away december 2nd this past wednesday at the age of 79 the first ever wwe intercontinental champion creator of the royal rumble match in 1988 Class of 1996, WWE Hall of Fame. Also, fun fact, in 2019, Pat became the oldest person to ever win a title in WWE history. Are you aware of this? Uh, what year did you say? I forgot. 2019, last year. I do. I know. I know. I was actually <laughs> going to bring this up because it was not made enough mention to. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, former uh, 24-7 champion. Former 24-7 champion at the age of 78. Um, and one of the chief architects of WWE in the early days in the 80s becoming a global phenomenon Mr. Pat Patterson rest in peace yep the uh, right hand to Mr. Vincent Kennedy McMahon yes one of so. one of the uh, <laughs> one of, one of the, the stables in the, in the company as well as having a huge hand in 
the McMahon character and playing that up with the Stooges and uh, with Gerald Briscoe and um, just that whole that whole segment of the Attitude Era, and he, he was a huge part of that. Uh, and just just as well as being one of the back you know backstage guys, that, <clears throat> excuse me, that uh, uh, everybody loved and first openly gay uh, wrestler. Came out in the uh, in the seventies. Uh, did you know, by the way, that, that that when he won the Intercontinental Championship in this air quote tournament, mm-hmm. the tournament actually never happened. Really? Yeah, the tournament was, it was actually more so. They just gave it to him. <laughs> it was a kayfabe. It tournament? was a kayfabe tournament, and he actually just uh, and, and he's actually in in parts of uh, the Attitude Era was joked about uh, with uh, in regards to that, in regards to him winning the belt uh, in a Fugazi tournament. But um, yeah, first IC champion uh, created in the uh, created in the seventies as a mid card belt, and just uh, he was the uh, standard bearer. So rest in peace. He was, and it, and Go his ahead. birthday was is January nineteenth. He almost made it to eighty. January nineteenth. Wow. Age of seventy nine. The seventy nine is very very old for a you know journeyman professional wrestler sad. from, sad from the 70s yes <laughs> very sad statement to make but that is absolutely it true. is a sad statement but yeah it is it's the truth so he uh passed away from liver failure uh he battling cancer for a very long time um mm-hmm. started off in big time wrestling in 1962 moved on to pacific northwest wrestling uh when you know everything was territorial big time wrestling in san francisco 65 to 77 mm-hmm. Uh, American Wrestling Association from 78 to 83. I've had a year stint in uh, uh, New Japan. Uh, and then from 79 to, to now, WWF, WWE. And, wow. Uh, yeah, I mentioned uh, the creator of the uh, the Royal Rumble. And uh, <laughs> Stooge, <laughs> listed, listed as Stooge from, from 97 to 2000. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. That's a good one to just, put. Uh, what, what a career, man. What an what an amazing career! Really, uh, it's uh, it was it was sad and unfortunate that he had to pass, but he was battling cancer. So let's hope for a while. Pray that he's all yeah for a while for a while yeah he's all healed I guess now for, for a while put it that way yeah yeah so rest in peace. Um, there was a uh, also mentioned here as far as since he came out in the early seventies and uh, Jim Ross was on commentary at, at one point made uh, several comments about his sexuality um <laughs> on commentary but it was never never acknowledged publicly or in ww storylines until the uh the season finale of ww legends house what a show man i gotta go back and watch that wow really yeah yeah so legends house which aired june 12 2014 um and nbc news described patterson as the first openly gay pro wrestling star yeah so it was it was uh, I guess publicly acknowledged, uh, acknowledged by WWE uh, at Legends House. I got to watch that again because so many, so many of them, like half the half the cast of that that show is gone now. Uh, Piper, Piper, Oakland, Oakland. Wow, yeah, Pat Patterson. Patterson. Uh, Who's left from that house? Fucking was was Hacksaw there? Hacksaw was there. Uh, uh, Sergeant Slaughter, maybe. Jeez, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jim. D- um, not Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Uh, yes, well, I just, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan. you just said that. Um, the, uh, uh, tall guy. Was Larry Zabisco in there? Uh, no, he wasn't. I gotta look that up now. Tall guy, come on, give me. Give tall me guy looked like I'll get it. it looked like a, he was like a mid Carter, uh, popular in the eighties. Um, 
got nerve with tall guy. That, tall man. guy looks like a kid dressed like a cowboy kind of. Um, cowboy Bob Burton? Nope. You would have known that one. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to get this. And uh, anyway, this is this is a little rough one. Here, let's see if we can filibuster. Uh, <laughs> let me let me think about it. That's if what, I had, I'll tell you right now. So, so Roddy Piper, Roddy Piper, Tony Atlas, still alive. Tony Atlas, Gene alive. Oakland, Pat Rest Patterson. In Rest in peace. Uh, so his his real name is uh, Jim Morris. Who? Uh, otherwise known as. Come on, Hillbilly Jim. Jeez, freaking wheeze. Oh, <laughs> Hillbilly Jim. Uh, who else was on there? Uh, Howard Finkel, rest in peace. Jim Duggan, peace. Jimmy Hart. Uh, <laughs> Two of those people went this year. Gary Busey was was uh, on one episode. Gary Busey. Yeah, what, what a shit show he is. With his fucking giant teeth. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that was that was the main the main card <laughs> for the show. Yeah. Mr. Wow. Mr. Pat Patterson. Uh, so anyway. Actually, I, I just realized I have something on that. Uh, X-Pac came out, and he, I, I saw a bunch of tweets about Pat and everything. But X-Pac was the one that put it perfectly. Mm. And the, the only thing that he said in his tweet was, pro wrestling lost its master Yoda today. Yeah. And that's that's, that's well, a fact. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, overall beloved by everybody, not just like because you're the the owner of the company but everybody loved them <laughs> everybody mm-hmm. loved them. so rest in peace to pat patterson um moving on so I, i'm gonna i we didn't even talk about this beforehand normally we discuss things that before we start recording but i want to do something that, that we haven't done before and just because okay. due to the overall insanity of this week uh i would like to start before we even get to things outside of the ring because i have a ton of that I will. I want to go over winter's coming. Okay. So I want to do that first. Um, what a show! <laughs> what, what a show! Build as uh, the greatest dynamite of all time. Um, do you think that lives up to its moniker? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, with with everything that happened and how it was taken by the international wrestling community. Yeah. It uh it it it, it is definitely the best. Yeah, yeah, the best dynamite ever. So I will ask you this first before we even get to uh, the, the the main crux, of, the two main cruxes of this this episode. Um, they started off the show with the diamond, di- the dynamite diamond battle royale. Easy for me to say. Um, last year when they had this, were were the stipulations the same? I was trying to look it up and, and figure this out. So it, the last two I don't people, remember. I I, I kind of remember and I kind of don't unless they they use it for another match. That the last two people in this battle royal go on to a match next week, the following week. I don't entirely remember if that's how it was or if it was just whoever wins the battle royal. Right. I would hope with what they're doing, because it didn't make any sense to me why the last two people would then face for the diamond ring. Right. Why wouldn't the incumbent champion face whoever wins the battle royal? Right. I like that. That's what that's what I would think. Right. So I yeah. mean, listen, it, it all made sense in the end because we're still getting MJ. We're still getting MJ. Right, right. But that could have been, yeah, you could have had like the last two be like Warlow versus Cassidy. Um, so anyway, exactly. uh, fast forward to before we can get 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 to all that. Um, Cassidy, Page, Adam, Adam Page, Matt Seidel, Scorpio Sky, uh, Private Party, MJF, Warlow. 
uh, Sean Spears, a whole bunch of uh, the people in this in this match here. But setting up uh, storylines within this match, uh, mm-hmm. as far as uh, Sean Spears and uh, Scorpio Sky, uh, we had Hangman and uh, the Dark Order. Hangman and Dark Order, Dark Order helping him out until he basically <laughs> eliminated himself. Um, huge push, huge push for Miro. Yes, um, man, it I mean, needed to be done. It, it did, <laughs> and, th- and thank God, <laughs> thank God, because he was just stifled. He, he is being stifled. I I believe. Um, he's being stifled by this whole storyline with uh, Kip Sabian, and at some point it's going to break out. Um, he's he'll he'll break out, but until then, it's it's mid card material. So for him to get this kind of push, the way he did, um, and just be so dominant in the in the ring here, uh, kudos to him and kudos to AEW for finally pulling that trigger on that. But uh, the final three, thanks to MJF. Uh, in this, it was at one point it was Sammy Guevara and Jungle Boy on the uh, on the top rope, and that's uh, a great match. I can't wait to see. Uh, yeah, that, that's gonna be a good one. Guevara and uh, and Jungle Boy, uh, the two of them were, were grappled at the top of the rope, and MJF pushed Jungle Boy, which happened to hold be holding on to Sammy Guevara, eliminating both of them, and then MJF is basically like, "Oh, I didn't mean to. It was it was kind of just by accident." But that is definitely setting up for something. Um, I also read and heard this conspiracy theory that they are pulling all of this off, MJF and, and Gravar are, to basically have a coup and overthrow Jericho out of the leadership spot. Now, I called that from the beginning. Not about the coup. Hang on a second. No. I'm we, sorry. About we talked, that. I didn't. We talked about we MJF have, we've taking talked over. about it. Yes. But we never talked, talked about, about MJF taking over. But The two of them I, cons- well, conspiring against Jericho. Yeah, with I think what should happen is that MJF should be put into the uh, Sammy spot. But then I am starting to slowly realize that that's kind of... He's bigger than that. He is bigger than that. But to have Jericho and MJF pull off a, a Rock and Farouk type thing mm-hmm. would be awesome. Yeah. But here's my question. Jericho, let's say that is true with the coup Mm. there is a coup there is a conspiracy a mutiny what they would probably say Mm -hmm. and jericho is overthrown does jake go with him as his bodyguard or does jake stay oh because if you push the two of them out it would make it would make sense to push the two of the two of them out and replace them with mjf and wardlow Right, but then again, I I'm I'm a firm believer that it shouldn't be called the inner circle. Then, right, come up with MJF's own thing. Sure, Friedman Stooges. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, you're right. It, sh- it shouldn't be that, that that same name. But uh, we will find out next week when they. I, I didn't think that was going to be so soon that they were going to pull this. Uh, try to pull this with the storyline as far as uh, the inner circle. Kind of coming to grips with uh, the breakup, um, at least kind of get strung along till revolution. But no, not the case. <laughs> so next week, I'll, I'll do one even better. I would love to see. We'll we'll talk about what happens at the end. At the end, mm. but I would love to see Santana and Ortiz, and if Sammy Guevara was that big of a star, come together and reform a faction of uh, a subsect of LAX. Okay, because you do have that uh, connection. 
the Latino connection between the, the three of them. Yeah. Even though Guevara is just from Houston, Texas. I, I'm for it. I'm all about it. But, you know, fantasy booking. Fantasy it's booking. It's all, it's all we ever do. Um, so all that to say is that we had our last uh, three contestants were Wardlow. It was MJF. And a they they always seem to do it in Battle Royals. They forget about the, the last guy who seemed to slip under, underneath the rope. Uh, Orange Cassidy. And uh, MJF gets taken out uh, early early in this this three way here, and all of a sudden, you know, Cassidy shows uh, more grit and and uh, than than any time he's ever had it before <laughs> in his career with AEW, and so he basically takes out Warlow, um, which I found kind of unbelievable. But I was like, all right, that's cool. <laughs> and so now, of course, we can't have the two of them, Warlow and MJF, go at it. So we have Orange Cassidy, MJF going at it um, next week for the Diamond. I think I think Cassie's actually going to win that back, and then we just create a storyline of MJF trying to chase it back. I think MJF is going to retain. There was something in that promo from, from Wednesday where he was just like, Jordan 96-97, Brady 0405. <laughs> Right, right. Friedman, nineteen twenty. <laughs> right, he's coming up with right. He's coming up with back to back wins, and I, I get it. That's fine. Um, I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind if if he retained it. However, I wouldn't mind it either. But I feel like the storyline would be a little better if he's able to chase it. Like that's my my ring, and Cassidy has it. You know, lazily has it on his finger. Um, it, that that wouldn't be bad. I, I'll stick with what Stephen had told me once. He said that Matt Hardy should have won the, the the diamond ring. Now, why is that? To bring to bring back big money, Matt. He's doing oh. Matt Hardy's doing this whole gimmick nowadays where he's just holier than thou and fucking better than everybody, hey, stuff like that. So he, that. he created pro wrestling apparently. When when, when was this storyline started? I think this storyline came about after the Sammy thing. Okay, because apparently when, like, when I, the I incident with Sammy happened, he was like, "I need to do something else." We'll finish whatever we have to do with Sammy, and then I'm moving on to something else. And I think this is that something else. Um, iconic Matt Hardy. Yeah. Oh, if he came out, he's like, I'm the iconic <laughs> Matt Hardy. Iconic. <laughs> um, I, okay, so th- th- that explains a lot because I wasn't aware of why they were booing him. <laughs> like, he was just getting rains of boos during this, this battle royal. And I wasn't aware. I was like, uh, what the hell just happened? Did I miss something? And being the elite plays it up, too. There you go. Okay. If you watch AEW and you don't watch Being the Elite, you're not getting the full amount of storylines. Gotcha. All right. So it's like Star Wars, but then they have like these branch off storylines. And I'm like, how, why does C-3PO have a, exactly. red, a red arm? He gets a side storyline. Got it. All right. Exactly. Like, perfect example. I just watched last week's ep- or I saw last week's episode of The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And what's her name? Rosario Did you watch Dawson? it yet? Who, yeah, Rosario Dawson, but right. who does she play? I, I know the character, but yeah, I, offhand, I, I have to look it up. Asaka Tano? Very, I, think that's, I think that's what it is. That actually sounds pretty close, but it's very I popular. I think it's on point. Very popular character, but, yes. Yeah, I know. I, I, I had heard stuff about her like when she got cast mm-hmm. as that, but then I saw her play the character, and I'm like, oh, I didn't know she was Anakin Skywalker's, what you call it? Right. Young boy, right. I guess. <laughs> young boy. Right? Young right. boy. <laughs> right. So now, probably as soon as The Mandalorian finishes this season, I'm going to have to go back and watch The Clone Wars. Yeah. You know? I know. It's the same thing. It's, it's the same thing. All right, so I have to get on uh, being the elite. Um, 
see here. So yeah, so Cassidy and, and MJF will go at it this week. Uh, by the way, yeah, Matt Hardy it was that moment when Matt Hardy tossed uh, Isaiah Cassidy. So member of Private Party, which, which was the moment that they started booing him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I was I was wondering, and now you just answered my question. Um, first time ever, Jericho taking on Frankie Kazarian. Uh, These guys have been in, in wrestling for a combined like fifty some odd years, and this is the first time that they 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 squared up. I am thoroughly thoroughly convinced now that every time that Jericho has a match. He forever, from this point on, will have a match where he is getting his ass kicked. Mm-hmm. Judas, Judas Effect match is over. It's, yep. it's happened every single match I've watched him for the past year. It's every single time. Like he just for some not some reason he's he's fifty years old. He's not the same anymore. And but he's still bumping. No, that's that's, that's fine. I, I get that he's taking the bump. I'm saying as far as like. Performing the the moves, he's taking the bumps on those moves where it just seems like at one point when he was Jericho at, at his peak, it was he was doing the backflips. I haven't seen him do a uh, a moonsault in forever. Um, you know, he'll take bumps off the top rope. I, I just don't see him as the same. Yeah, the uh, moonsault is 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 here and there. So I have seen it a couple times in AEW. It's just not as prevalent in, as in his early days when yeah. he was in the WWE in his early days and right. stuff like that. Right. But uh, what are they? It's not a squash. It was a. It was Jericho's wrestling more of enhanced squash match. I want to know what that term is. I want to know what the term is to like like Britt Baker had the same kind of match where you. I you, just I just said the term. Go ahead. Enhanced squash. Enhanced squash. I'm, just, pretty, I'm almost certain that was the term. And the first time I heard of it was it when we squash. had uh, uh, the first time Will Hobbs was on. He faced. He, I a, forgot who I he hear faced you're saying, or whatever. But like, okay, I hear what you're saying. So, and I, as I mentioned, Britt Baker, and she had a match um, with, uh, what's her name, Layla? Um, Layla Hirsch. Hirsch. So you're saying that, that in, under your terms, that's that's a enhanced squash, but she wasn't squashed. She wasn't squashed. She was actually she was actually enhanced, <laughs> like just enhanced. She, that, but that's the point. You know who's going over, right? This match, like the the Britt Baker match, that could have been a fucking two minute match. Yeah, but because they decided to showcase Layla's talents, she she still lost, but you saw what she could do. That was like uh, I think Darby Allen versus Chris Jericho was that way. It's just a, I mean, it's just a put over. You're just putting over your your opponent. To, yeah, uh, but, it uh, is. But but in the in the technical term of put over, you, you, it's it's you win. Right, but you're not squashing them. A squash is like a match that lasts like like Hobbs had the other day, where it's like it lasts all of thirty seconds. Yeah, that's why I think the term enhanced squash is a better but better not, way to do it. I think you could find find another term. I don't think so. <laughs> You're not I squashing. Think that's the term I'm sticking with. You're not squashing them though. That's the thing. You're, 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 it's enhanced. Like they, they're not winning, but they're not getting squashed. Anyway, I don't know. Anyway, um, it's so, the business term. Why is it called pop? But we, we can find a better term because you're saying <laughs> you, you're saying squash as in like the, the they're getting enhanced, but they're going to lose. Which yes, is, it's no right. That's fine. That's all well and good. But the term yeah. squash is basically you're a jobber. And your jo- your job as a jobber is to lose every single time in a destructive fashion. <laughs> and so when Layla gets out there, and when Kazarian's out there, he's not getting squashed. It's not a squash match. Yeah, no, no. When, I'm when, being literal with the with the term. 
Yeah, you are, but I'll agree with you. The 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 term enhanced squash wouldn't apply to the Frankie Kazarian match, mm. but that's only because he is a notable wrestler. He is a notable personality in AEW mm-hmm. already. People know who Frankie Kazarian is. Right. I would say he is in the top 10, 15% of names at AEW. Okay. So that's why it's not a squash. But the whole Layla Hurst thing, that I would term an enhanced squash. Enhanced squash. Interesting. Okay. I think at some point we could work on that. Uh, Young Bucks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Getting interviewed by Alex Marvez. Uh, This guy, Alex, was just all over the place today. And uh, just out of out of nowhere, getting attacked by TH2. But first, getting uh, a little bump there as far as uh, uh, getting wrapped on. Yeah, yeah, by the acclaim. So, um, <laughs> I saw I saw a match on YouTube uh, in on dark with them. Uh, actually, actually, really good. And the funny part of this whole segment was that uh one of the members of the acclaimed was rapping to the young bucks and uh i think it was matt came back and said uh that, that this this whole gimmick has been done before yes uh, yes <laughs> that's exactly what it was it's just very funny and i was like that is the doctor it's it's the doctor, <laughs> doctor thugonomics wait a second uh Britt baker defeating uh legit layla hirsch as mentioned before uh in the enhanced squash not squash match um Enhanced uh, not squash match. And then uh, we had TNT champion Darby Allen versus the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes taking on Ricky Starks and powerhouse Hobbs of Team Taz. Mm-hmm. And uh, good match. Yeah, very good match. Very good match. Good match. Yeah, no, very good match. Listen, this entire episode so far, uh, really just looking for uh, the end of the of the night where we're tr- trying to see as far as this champion goes and who's going to be crowned and and. We've come through a tournament. We've come all this way to what they're claiming to be the biggest dynamite of all time. And it's hard to, as we've seen with WWE, to put a moniker on something and you better stick to it and live to it, live up to it. Because if you don't, yep. you look stupid. And it's just it's a ridiculous statement. Don't tell me it's the greatest wrestling match of all time when it hasn't happened. So, this is the greatest show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, this one here. As, as we mentioned, very good match. Uh, uh, Darby getting his ass kicked, though. Let me, let me put that first and foremost. He, he just absolutely destroyed in this match. Speaking of enhanced, uh, <laughs> enhanced squash, but uh, that's what he does. It's what he does until he turns it on and just starts coughing, dropping uh, everybody out of, out of the clear blue. Um, so shockingly, uh, uh, Cody and and. Uh, and Darby took the win. I, I would have thought that Team Taz would have taken this, but for what was to come after this, now I understand why they won. All right, I, I, I have a quick question before you get into that. Please. Why is it that AEW cannot really sell a beatdown? It was awkward. All of them are. Yeah, it was. It was this one in particular was awkward because the one that hit Hobbs had the belt like before everything went down, really went down mm-hmm. with this this whole segment. Hobbs had the belt, and he was going to hit Cody, and then Brian Cage picked him up for an F5 because um, I guess it was too early. <laughs> the, the whole the whole spot with Hobbs was too early, so he had to put in another move before the timing was right. Um, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it was just weird. It was very weird. Uh, the beatdown didn't seem like like seamless. Like You know, in WWE, I, I'll give him credit because since they, cr- they created the beatdown, 
like you have to have the bell go off in the background like stop this stop this like there's no referees mm-hmm. the referees I, the one referee that came was like you know 15 minutes late <laughs> so it's just it just takes forever and it doesn't seem like they have it right um which is such a little thing a little minute stupid thing to to complain about but it, it makes it makes a difference because then it doesn't look so sloppy exactly um so <laughs> so then finally after the f5 they pick up cody and hobbs has the ftw belt in hand ready to clock cody rhodes and then and then the music hit and this weird video hits the screen this is all i wanted to hear oh that's all i wanted to hear and there's, it's like winter's coming, and there's ice on the screen with crows and fields and of ice, fake snow fake flying snow. everywhere, and it's awesome. It's visually capturing. I'm the thinking, eyes. I'm thinking it's Glacier. It's making a return <laughs> from from WCW, and then this shit. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to come out. Coming out of Mr. Freeze. <laughs> this shit. It slaps. It does. It does slap. Uh I, I freaking <laughs> I, I marked out. So the idea of the lights coming out, the music hitting, the video playing, and then all of a sudden the words on the screen hit and it says sting. And everybody's like, oh shit. And he finally walks out. And the the best part, other than him actually being in AEW, is Shivani saying it. Shivani had to have that line. If Ross or Excalibur came up with that line, it would have been completely off. It would have been off. It, it was apropos that it was Shivani. And yeah, look, look on your face looks like you're disagreeing with me, but you're talking about the history of TNT and Shivani and Sting. And Sting is not WWE. Sting was not TNA. Sting was WCW. And so for the 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 enormity of him coming back on TNT after 20 years is huge. And for Shivani to say, to scream like a five-year-old kid, it's Sting. It's Sting! It's Sting! It's Sting! First time in 20 years. I I thought that was very apropos. Okay, here's my problem with it. Okay. I loved it. I was a huge Sting fan. I dressed up as Sting for fucking Halloween one year. I think it fell flat. Not fell flat, but I think it, it, it... didn't have the thing that it could what i did think was that excalibur should have had the call only because he's the one that's invested in this like he is thoroughly invested in this he couldn't JR, speak J, here's the thing <laughs> jr could go into the sunset whenever he wants shivani can go into the sunset whenever he wants excalibur is the one that's going to stay there until the end. i understand that but okay he, now that being said he doesn't have the history that shivani has i'm sorry don't ha- he doesn't but shivani doing the whole thing thing it was like he's trying to recreate a thing from 20 years ago right and i it just didn't i loved it the whole him starting screaming sting i was like okay i liked it listen i'm all for nostalgia i am all for nostalgia but there was something about this that i was just like what is the reasoning for him just coming out and doing what he did and then go back well, I, I mean, listen, whatever, what, what he did, first of all, I, I 
truly do love you. I couldn't disagree with you anymore. Um, <laughs> I figured, <laughs> but it's, People, it, I, it is. What I it told is. you before. I told you before we started the show. I do have a hot take on this return. Okay. And that was the hot take. I do, I, I, think. I I believe that. Uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, but the I think when yeah. he, he came out, went to he came in the ring. He stared down Arn Anderson. Uh, everybody else, as far as Taz, they all left the ring. He went over then in the corner, was was laying in the corner, was Dustin Rhodes. He looked at him for a second. Cody then, Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes. Oh, went to, He sorry. went to him first, and then he went to Cody Rhodes. All right, sorry. He, he knelt down to Cody Rhodes and was looking at him. That's when Jim Ross was saying, as far as the, the two wrestlers that Cody admired growing up was his father. And, and he's looking at one of and them. he's staring him in the eyes right now. Uh, so that was to Cody, and then he walked over to Darby Allen, and he gave a much longer than everybody else stare down to Darby Allen and looked at both the sides of his face. The one thing I did. Yeah, that that was the one thing that I thoroughly enjoyed out of that mm-hmm. part was he looked at him, and then looked at the other side of his face, yeah, and then looked at him again, very, and then just walked the fuck out. Very, of Very, yeah. Well, before giving his woos, his two woos, uh, very telling that he did that longer with Darby Allen than anybody else. And I truly, I believe that there is going to be something with Sting and Darby Allen as far as some sort of team up, mentor, student kind of thing. The guy is sixty one. So the idea of him wrestling again would be great, <laughs> um, but is going to be very far-fetched to believe uh, that he would come up and, and have regular matches at, at his age. And, he's, and yeah, according think, to Giovanni in the next segment, he's, he's a full-time, he's, he's signed on full-time with AEW, so that's going to be hard. I think he should be more of a, a manager-type role. But how much would you have popped if he came back and beat the shit out of Cody Rhodes, Arn Anderson, and Darby Allen? Oh, that baseball bat. <laughs> um, I I wouldn't have understood it. Me neither. I, I wouldn't have understood. I would have had that more I questions. Yeah, but yeah. See, but him coming back to uh, or, or being anywhere, Sting Sting has been in probably I think every single promotion that I know of. Ooh, ooh. Uh, other than other than Ring of Honor, <laughs> Ring of Honor, he's been in TNA, he's been AW, WCW, WWE. Um, has he been in New Japan? Yes. Okay. So he was in New Japan uh, way back before the fate when he just had the warrior the, makeup. When type? he had the, the color, the color of makeup. Um, I I would not have understood if he tried if he did a heel turn because it, it's just not it, it would have been a, a bad look. It just as far as like story writing. It, it, it wouldn't have made any sense for him to, to turn on Cody. It would have been interesting, but not in the in the span of what they're, they're trying to tell. You can do it down the road. Um, but even when he was like NWO Sting, like even then it didn't feel like he was a heel. So uh, what they did... Yeah, you want to know when he did feel like a heel is when he donned that Joker makeup in... Uh, oh, he was in TNA. He was a psycho. In TNA, yeah. yeah. <laughs> psycho Sting. Um I, I honestly, I think the, I think they they pulled it off perfectly. I think uh, the the announcements were, were great. Uh, yes, go ahead. NWA, New Japan, WCW, TNA, WWE, and AEW. So the six. Yes. There. Boy got around. Oh God, good for him. Boy got around. Um, I also want to talk now, as far as which we're on the the topic of Sting and his his glorious return. Um, the lack of love that he received in WWE, and he's gone on record saying that uh, he just did not feel uh, like he was either appreciated or wanted in his time in WWE. And just like 
the bad the bad thing about his his tenure in WWE was that he was so apprehensive about going into WWE. So if you don't know his the story about that, long story short, was that he when WCW folded and was bought out by WWE, everybody that came over from WCW into WWE basically got squashed uh, immediately. And he made note of it when he when Booker T came to WWE. Um, and Stone Cold basically beat the shit out of him, and there was kind of, there was no real like fight from him, and it just seemed yeah. like everybody in WCW c- could not stand up to anybody in WWE. And also to mention that uh, I mean that that whole segment of WCW Invasion was horrible. <laughs> and if you if you don't believe me, go back and watch some of those segments where it was like Stasiak and the the D Carters of WCW, since everybody else was still under contract. So like all the big names like Flair, Goldberg, Nash, Hall, they were all still under contract. Uh, Hogan. So you had and, and you had all these mid carters and Booker T, who still had the belt, um, and he basically got squashed. So Sting saw that as just like you're you're treating these guys like shit. Why would I go over there? And then finally Triple H did his magic, just like he did with Bruno San Martino and and many other wrestlers like Ultimate Warrior, many other wrestlers that have kind of been ostracized and and want nothing to do with WWE. Triple H has a way of bringing them in, so he brought them in. And where's his first match? He has it with uh, WrestleMania uh, against Triple H in a horrible like gimmick match, uh, which was supposed to be uh, sort of uh, nostalgic and to have like NWO versus versus. Uh, 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 DX, but he had him in a match that he lost. In the first match in, in WWE, he lost to Triple H. And Triple H being known to job everybody that uh, comes in to to uh, WrestleMania, he's the one that loses. He has a horrible record for WrestleMania. So the fact that, that Sting came in, lost to Triple H, just was asinine and then he has this match with Seth Rollins and gets hurt immediately with that that buckle bomb bomb thing <laughs> that that Seth Rollins did he got hurt and his career was seemingly over as far as uh, in-ring career so WWE in their magic way just seemed to completely shit the bed with Sting so him him coming out of WWE him going through that horrible time that he had in WWE waiting for his contract to expire. His contract finally expired. WWE immediately removes everything uh, Sting-related off, off of the uh, the website. Uh, wait for the non-complete, non-compete clause to run out. Uh, according to reports, uh, Tony Khan had signed Sting uh, weeks ago uh, to a contract. Did he have a non-compete? Uh, Sting, I, th- I thought, had a 90-day. Um. I don't remember reading that anywhere, but guaranteed, I did not I, look I, I thought that, that hard have, into it. Okay, I might have, I might have, I thought I saw that somewhere. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, and so he was uh, openly said that he was not happy with with his time in WWE, and it's a shame. Again, all, all that to say, it's a shame that uh, it kind of went down the way it did, uh, because it was just kind of like you, you, you kind of want to attract this squirrel over with a nut very very quick they're very uh you know slowly and you don't want to do sudden moves and it was just it was underutilized uh is the term i would go for with with uh with sting so now he has a full-time full-time contract with AEW, and everybody is just it was 
immediately on, on Twitter, just going, kind of going through uh, storylines and, and scenarios with what they could do with him. And we're going to hear from him this week with, uh, with again, as it should be, with Tony Schiavone interviewing him. Um, that I agree with. It should be Tony Schiavone. It should 100% be Tony Schiavone interviewing him in the middle of that ring. Mm-hmm. So we will see. We will see next week uh, what he has to say. But it just it was such a good moment. Uh, Mark hard, watched it like seven or eight times, um, and yeah. then they, they recapped it at, at the at the the back end of the other the other side of the commercial break. Um, and I think Jim Ross put it uh, perfectly. It's just a, a a great pro wrestling moment. Uh, so Sting is AEW, and uh, I'm looking very much forward to seeing what they do with him. Who's a bigger star right now, Sting or Chris Jericho? Right now? Yeah. Probably Sting. That's fucking wild if you think about it. Yeah. Sting is 61. I know. Sting is 61, and he's been he's been in it. Um, and he's he's done everything right. Like, even though he's, he's bounced around from, from organization to organization, he's done... He's done what he could do. He hasn't tarnished his name. Like you, you go over to like somewhere else um, and just kind of like get get like watered down. It's he's been Sting, and uh, yeah, I, I I'd love to see him actually in action um, at some point. But man, he's gonna wrestle a match. I would like, love. He's would going love to, to wrestle a match. I would love to see that. Uh man, what what a <laughs> just that whole moment it, it, in and of itself right there was was amazing for for this night. But we get to the main event. And it's Kenny Omega versus your AEW world champion, John Moxley, with Don Callis on the commentary team. Why do I mention that? Very important. We'll get to that. Um, it's not the first time that Don was on the commentary team. It's not. Kenny Omega match, though. It's not. It's not. But this this time, <laughs> it, it, it played into it. This time it mattered. Hugely. Um, this time it mattered. And so, uh, very brutal match, I got to tell you. Um Shout out to uh, Jim Ross for shouting out John Moxley on on soon father to be. And by the way, they they revealed the gender. They're going to have a daughter. So congratulations to John and Renee. Um, yeah, it just it, I I think by the end of this match, and then we get to the end of this match. I want to get to the part where they they were beating each other senseless, and Omega was getting most of the the brunt of this when they get in to, the middle of the ring on the, steel chairs. So until we get to the middle of, until we get to the middle of the match where. John Moxley hits his paradigm shift and could have gone for the cover at that point. Did not. Rolls outside the ring and gets two steel chairs. Throws them into the ring. They then proceed to sit down and on the, on the steel chairs, facing each other in the middle of the ring. And if, you, if you've never seen wrestlers actually like shoot fight <laughs> or shoot hit, Watch this. Yeah, watch the segment. That was a shoot. <laughs> watch this segment because they punched the shit out of each other, and Moxley, at one point, first of all, they slap each other, and Moxley slaps Omega in the ear, and that looked painful as hell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was like, I, I held my, I was like, oh shit, that, that looked very painful. Like you're supposed to, you go for the face, but he went for the side of the head, and that was not a good look. Um, and then when they started punching each other, Omega just could not compete with, <laughs> with Moxley, and no. Moxley, Moxley just punched him in the face to the point where Moxley, Omega basically had to like, that was it. <laughs> like he just couldn't, couldn't take it. Uh, I've, I've never seen that before in wrestling, where two people just sat in a chair and just started pummeling each other, uh, one after the other. Um, like the whole match itself told a great story. It did, it did. This was a yeah a story that um they they kind of brought in the last match that they had was that wild match at Double or Nothing. 
Um, so, oh, the one in fucking Baltimore that that had wait. Not them. They didn't have the double nothing match. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, the no. I'm I'm talking about the right match. I think you. I'm talking about his. I'm talking about his debut. His debut. Right. Gotcha. His the actual match that he had that it was like a no holds barred match that they had with the. It, yeah. No. It was it was a lights out match. Right. An unsanctioned lights out match with barbed in wire. Baltimore, yes. And it got <laughs> investigated because they weren't supposed to bleed. Right. Right. That's it. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's absolutely right. So. All that in that match basically kind of carried over into this match here as far as just the complete neglect for their, for their own selves. Um, and uh, it, it, at, you can kind of tell towards the end when it was started, starting to turn and uh, Omega was coming out with V-triggers left and right. Like He must have hit him with 15,000 V-triggers uh, back to the head, the side of his, his face. Uh, at one point went for, uh, excuse me, uh, the one-winged angel, couldn't hit it. Hit like four more V triggers, uh, then then all of a sudden Don Callis comes out from behind the desk, has it takes the microphone, and starts. Spe- it was because Kenny was on the ground. Kenny had messed up. He landed awkwardly mm. on the ground outside the ring. Yeah, so uh, Don was worried. Right, he came off the desk and there went a, to make sure that Kenny was okay. Right, that spot where he, then for some reason went to go get microphones. He suplexed Moxley, suplexed Omega into that heater. It was, yes. it was like a, it was an outdoor heater. Mm-hmm. Um, landed very awkwardly on his head. Yes. Um, and that, yes, you're right. So Callis then went to get the microphone, uh, spew off some nonsense for a little bit. Uh, Moxley went to attack Callis. Callis threw the microphone in the ring. Moxley turns around and gets clocked in the face with a microphone. There were two different microphones. Watch it again. Okay. There was two different microphones. Don Callis had one that had the AEW box on it. Right. Right at the right at the yeah. top of the microphone, but he threw that but one. When Kenny, he threw a different microphone in the ring, and that's when Kenny clobbed him on the head. I, okay, I thought that microphone, they, like that bass thing, came off and like slid off. No, because if you see Kenny throws away the uh, microphone, mm. and the other microphone is still standing still there, okay. like it's still sitting there. <laughs> a tail of two mics. Um, okay, mm, there so, you go. Yeah. So then. Uh, he uh, gets gets clobbered with the the mic. Moxley does, and then V triggers galore, my friend. Just back of the head, side of the face, uh, puts him up onto the top rope, uh, gets him on his shoulders, uh, and then hits that uh, that one wing angel man. And and we have a new champion in Kenny Omega. And the heel thing immediately to do uh, is to have Callus come in the ring, give him the belt, steal steal the belt from. Uh, from uh, Justin Roberts outside mm-hmm. the ring, go into the ring, give Omega the belt, and then the two of them book it. <laughs> book Fucking it. Hightail it high out. Hightail it out. And it, it's such a great way to end this as a heel is is to basically, you you won this with nefarious means. You hightail it out. Tony Khan is the first one seen. He's like screaming. You have wrestlers in the back. You have, um, uh, yeah, everybody in the back. Uh, uh, Jerry Lynn. Uh, it was sc- screaming at the two of them. They're running, 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 running. To get out of the arena. They're now in the parking lot. Alex Marvez again magically is shows up uh, from behind a truck with a microphone. Uh, and then Don Callis says, "You'll find out all answers uh, this Tuesday on Impact Wrestling." Tuesday on Access TV. On Access TV, if I can find that. Um, I have no idea where that is on my channel uh, channel guide. So now we have ourselves a crossover. And yeah, and I'll be honest with you, I haven't been this happy for a crossover since I saw Barry Allen in uh, Arrow. <laughs> okay. Arrowverse. Oh. The Arrowverse. Yeah, the Arrowverse. 
Um, so the th- myself, you, my, you, myself, and and Stephen then went into whole conspiracy mode, and uh, not conspiracy mode, but but f- uh, fantasy like, booking mode. Well, yeah, fantasy booking. Fantasy mode. booking mode. Um, <clears throat> and uh, uh, from what I've read, uh, from multiple sources, is that this was an idea that was brought up to Tony Khan uh, by Don Callis, mm-hmm. and also Young Bucks, and they. Uh, and as I mentioned to you in the text feed, is that uh, Impact Wrestling has already recorded all their matches up until uh, the end of this year. So now with this and AEW being live, they have taped a segment with Callis and Omega to be inserted into this week's uh, Impact. What this does for Impact is huge. What this, um, by the way, also reports be, being stated that people in backstage at uh, Impact are not happy with the direction of the company. Um, there's uh, kind of uh, animosity be- with because of this. Crossover no, 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 no. This has nothing before. To do with it. This has nothing to do with it. But this is all before. Okay, has okay. absolutely nothing to do with it. So just as far as storylines being told and and uh, just overall, the 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 sentiment backstage is not good at Impact. I what? bet all those people that are complaining have never stepped foot in the WWE. <laughs> that might be the case. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what it is. <laughs> you don't know what you got till it's gone. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, so w- w- this is this is nothing but positive for Impact Wrestling. Uh, it'll be great for AEW um, getting eyes on this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Wait, hang on a sec. Who watches AEW? I'm sorry. Who watches Impact Wrestling? And doesn't watch AEW. This is where it kind of gets it gets funky for me. Okay. How many how many hardcore wrestling fans like you and I are just watching Impact and not AEW? There are two things. Are yeah, I'll watch WWE, but Impact is my shit. That's why I don't understand where this is going for AEW. This has no upside other than good matches. I you know, I, I, I I love the match. The whole match. The the fantasy booking aspect of it is amazing. But but you're not gaining viewers from impact, right? Right, exactly. Right, which is what I was going to say. What, what I was about to say no. was that you are going to gain for for AEW. It's good in that you can have stories like what Young Bucks want to have with the Good Brothers, mm-hmm. and only teams like that. So you can't have like it, it does them absolutely no good to have no names come from Impact over to AEW. It does something for Impact though when you have your champion Kenny Omega head over there uh, for a second. Yes. Um, so you're absolutely right. I completely agree with you that the idea that it, for anything for AEW and Tony Khan knows this. So it, all this to say is that it's you're not going to see a long term thing with them. There's nothing being reported as far as anything long term with this collaboration. So uh, you you will have like Omega, maybe possibly going after you know someone else in Impact. Uh, Sammy Callahan. Like Callahan. Uh, so you can have like these these like fantasy bookings that's fine and well and good, but I think Khan sees and again with all the reports that are, are coming out, even Young Bucks admittingly saying that there's nothing really long term with this, but do we would like to see as far as maybe once once in a blue kind of going over there starting something and maybe seeing if they can come over here and do something like that. This is not going to be as of right now, as of everything that's being read and, and reported. This will not be something long term futuristically. Have you said that um, you said that it wasn't going to be a full time thing, but you said that people in Impact are not happy with the direction of the company, right? Mm. What if Tony Khan buys Impact Wrestling? 
<laughs> Here we go. More fantasy purchases. Um, yeah, we listen. I mean, that, that's, that, that's within the realm of possibilities. That'd be great. So then, if that's the case, it would. What if Tony Khan has already bought <laughs> wrestling? <laughs> what if, if Tony Khan has already bought Impact Wrestling? What if Tony Khan is the one that shows up on Tuesday night and was like. It's it's me. <laughs> it's it's me. He pulls a McMahon and pulls it a mask. It says off. McMahon, but it doesn't say your name, Dad. <laughs> it says Khan, but it doesn't say. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I don't know. I, that'd be. I think that'd be great. But at the same time, will you have the same deal that you're having that you had with, like, say, WCW being bought up by WWE, where it's just now you're just inundated with too many people. Well, and here's the you problem. Have no time. You only have a t- like, at that time only a two-hour show that you can put on mm-hmm. to uh, get enough time, face time for everybody. You already have enough people as it is. Here's the problem with that: is that if you go back and look at the, um, it was it, I think it was the Monday Night Wars documentary on the network. They were talking about how Vince actually wanted WCW to be a third brand. Yeah. Like, they wanted to put the WCW wrestlers as their own thing, just like you have on Raw, just like you have on SmackDown, stuff like that. Right. But we never got that because Vince was just like, no. Yeah. And then just went in a completely opposite direction. It really was just, yeah, I mean, in hindsight, long term, it was just like a grab to have the the rights to WCW. It was a monopoly play. Uh, at the time, he, sure. he he got the monopoly. Well, like, at the time, yes, what I'm saying. At the long, time, long yes. term, in hindsight, now it's it was just a grab to get their material, yeah, uh, put on the network. <laughs> That's really all all that came out of it because it was nothing. As far as that whole invasion, it sucked. As we mentioned before, mm-hmm. it was nothing that came out of that whole thing. There was nothing positive that came out of WCW's invasion. Um, Which is, I I stand by this statement. An invasion only. It still even with the AEW one, if you want to call that an invasion. Right. It only works well for one person. Side. For one side, yeah. For one side. That's only per that's only people with the original Raw, like when when uh when DX showed up at the arena for WCW and, and was banging on the door and stuff like that. that it was only what? helped WWE. WWE, right. <laughs> right. With the Bullet Club. The Bullet Club invasion of Raw. Remember that? Raw Raw never acknowledged it, obviously. Yeah, right. But it only helped Bullet Club. Right. So right, actually, I would love to go back to that time when the the tank was in front of that gate, and having like Kevin Nash literally, I wanted <laughs> if that was like a glass door to see like everybody on the other side of that gate, because oh, yeah. like Kevin Nash reports that he said that they were on the other side of the gate, like they wanted to <laughs> to open it up, and they were told no. All right, let's see who do you think was on the other side of the gate. I really, I well, if if Nash is telling the truth, I don't see why he would lie about that. But uh, Goldberg, Kevin, Kevin Nash. Uh, no, I was like, I'd say like Hall, Nash, Sting, um, Bischoff. <laughs> I think Bischoff wanted I, I, to get into a fist fight. Not a fist fight, but like just just out of because I mean it's still his company, it's still his brand, it's still his name being like you know pushed through the mud by DX. Uh, yeah, I would, at least Hall at least, and Nash definitely there. At least the executives are, are are there, like, and they're the ones telling them. I'm sure Bischoff was the one telling them, like keep that keep that gate down. Yeah. Um, you know, so I say that not not that he was trying to get into a fight, but he was basically saying no, stand back. He should have. <laughs> he should have. Yeah, I mean, like, he got hindsight punked. being twenty twenty. He got punked. Should have opened the gate. WCW got punked. So imagine if they if they did open the gate, like it was like what if in Marvel, like what if they opened that gate and it's it started yeah. like that crossover. So who at that point would have would have won if if WCW opened that gate? 
it would be WCW, well, let's, wouldn't it? Like, because they're not they're not seen as the punks anymore. They're opening up the gate. They're wel- welcoming in w, the, the 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 competing faction. Well, it all depends on who rides out on the tank and who. <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> who also has the uh, the rights to show that? By the way, like it, the it, invasion. As far as that fight, if that fight actually happened, and it's uh, it, the WWE cameras were st- were there. With WCW cameras <laughs> come over and show this, and now you have basically, uh, do I watch USA or do I watch TNT? Like, cameras uh, like this. They have two different angles. <laughs> I don't know which, which way to go. That would have been a hell of a, man, what, what a hell of a what if, if that gate opened. I still thoroughly believe that like Sting would have been there. Okay. Goldberg, I, I feel Goldberg would have been there. I'm sure everybody from the backstage would have come out, but uh, it, and then DX would have been, been outnumbered. But uh, so I mean, They had a tank, dude! Uh, <laughs> They t- outnumbered? You never get outnumbered with the tank. I guess he got this is true. They had a big ass tank. <laughs> <laughs> this is very true. Um yeah, man. So that was dynamite. And and what a what a uh episode. Just a, a incredible episode from and I wouldn't say from start to finish. I, I would say that the battle royal was was really good. Um it really was in just beginning, middle, end as far as the the good parts of the show. Everything else was kind it of took like, you on a roller coaster like a novel. It had the rising action, the falling action, and then it even had a cliffhanger. <laughs> and then it had a cliffhanger. Yeah, to be continued. Um, so oh, that would have been great if they put that if it went to black <laughs> to, be <laughs> to be continued. continued. <laughs> Suzanne Access TV. Uh, so yeah, so I guess I got again. I got to find Impact now. I got to find where the hell that is on Optimum te- Television. If anybody knows, please hit us up on Twitter and let me know where, where the hell I can find that. Um, because I got I got to find it for this whole watch it for this whole segment. Um, now, since we went ass backwards in this whole uh, episode today, I have some outside the ring stuff that I just want to get to really quickly before we get really uh, really breeze through all things that were WWE. Um, since we're on the topic of Don Callis and the whole Impact crossover, please. I do have one quick thing on on that. Uh, apparently, Don Callis's Impact contract is set to expire next month, in which he will. Come to AEW full time to be a corner man for Kenny Omega. That would be amazing. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. That would be amazing. Um, I think. Callis, I don't know why Kenny needs a corner man though. Why does Roman Reigns need a corner man? Because you want to add. You want point. Uh, you want to add that extra oomph to your character. Reigns. I think Heyman in SmackDown said three words um, because Uso had a had a talk again. So he he basically said, "What's wrong with you? Like, why why are you stealing the mic again?" Um, and that's, that's all he does. Very good point. That's all he does, man. So Callus can have the same. Omega doesn't have to talk. Omega can be that that silent type, and Callus can do all his talking. But um, the problem is, Omega can talk. But Omega, no, I'm saying, but he doesn't have to now because if Callus, you have two right. two guys on the mic, and if, as a, if he's going forward as a heel, as a heel I'll, I'll agree with you. With that, you can have the silent right, silent heel type, and where Reigns is not that type, which is fine because that works for Reigns. It works like, exceedingly well for Reigns. Yeah. With this, with in this case though. You don't want to copy what's already been established in WWE. So if Callus is going to be with Omega, he needs to be the guy on the mic to kind of reverse roles, so it doesn't look like another Heyman Reigns uh, situation. Um, I, I'm just all all kinds of excited, especially if if Callus is going to come over to, to AEW. Uh, I'm all about it. Um, outside the ring stuff here, uh, I have uh, being reported by Dave Meltzer and Wrestling Observer Radio. There was a bunch of uh, NXT. Uh, recent a new class of signees, and they're looking at one particular uh, breakout star by the name of Anriel Howard, who's a former college basketball player with Mississippi State and Texas A&M, uh, also drafted by the WNBA. 
and uh, Dave, Dave, <clears throat> excuse me, Dave Meltzer goes on to say, "quote She is the most decorated female athlete that the company has ever signed. She was an honorable mention state basketball player at Mississippi State and Texas A&M, second round draft choice of the Seattle Storm in the WNBA, and she's going to be a very interesting signing because they've never had a female athlete of that level ever in the company, and she's 23 years old." That's wait what? She's twenty three. Twenty three. Twenty three. Jesus. So just someone to look out for, Henrielle uh, uh, Howard in NXT. So uh, I believe since we just got uh, talking, we just got done talking about Impact. Two of those signees were Impact uh, was a, a part of a trio in Impact called the Rascals. Yes. I believe it was Desmond Xavier and Zachary Wentz yes. were two thirds of the Rascals. I don't know what happened to the other guy. Trey Miguel, I don't know if he's going, if he stayed or if he's going to WWE. I have no idea. Okay. But uh, God, the rascals. Like yeah. That. So maybe it'll it'll go back to how people. Maybe that's how people are thinking in Impact. They're like, I don't like the way that this is going, and people are starting to fucking starting leave. To just jump, jump ship. Um, yeah, I think you might see a mass exodus with uh, if if Callis doesn't resign and and goes to AEW, you might see that. Um. WWE is having an issue with booking TLC and uh, booking fucking everything. Well, they've, they've had an issue for the last couple of months now with it booking, and and they're falling behind with with uh, the booking. Uh, they're also falling behind with the setup of the new uh, Thunderdome at Tropicana. But in the meantime, they're they're having issues with booking this this pay per view. So it, right as of right now. Uh, and the reason why I bring this up because they WWE and the website subtly did something. Randy Orton is taking on Bray Wyatt's Fiend. Uh, we have Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler taking on Lana and Oscar for the women's tag titles. Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens as established on uh, SmackDown this past Friday in a TLC match. And then uh, on the website, they just threw this on. So Drew McIntyre and AJ Styles, they were, they were already established as far as mm-hmm. having a match. They threw on the, the tag on it, TLC match. For Drew McIntyre, AJ Styles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. I'm just it, it's me neither. It's just interesting that they they kind of just threw that on there. Um, without this is on WWE.com. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, without any um, any much fanfare, unless we you'll see that tomorrow on on Monday Night Raw, uh, that that is now a TLC match. It was not mentioned uh, during the 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 three way match that Styles had with uh, Keith Lee and uh, Riddle. But we shall see. We shall see what happens with uh, uh, the explanation of that. I bet that somebody messed up on on the dot com part and actually just meant to like not include that, and then it was going to set up. They're going to set up the TLC match on Monday. So they may have reported it like too soon. Yes, gotcha. That's that's what I think because I'm always a, I'm always a person that says if you have a gimmick pay per view, you got to play into the gimmick. Right, which means all championships should be a TLC match, or some sort of table or ladder or chair, whatever it is. You have to use one of those three. Mm-hmm. But it's TLC. TLC, I equate to Extreme Rules. Everything should have a gimmick for that match. Everything should have a gimmick. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. And I guarantee you, not everyone is going to have a gimmick. And that's where I start to get angry. I'm like, come on. <laughs> we should have. Yeah, well, that, that. You could have just had this on regular free television. That tag match for the women is not going to have a, a uh, gimmick. It should. It, it, should ab- be a ta- it should be a tables match. They should all be 
tables, ladders, or chairs, or all three. <laughs> or all no, three. it, it may, storyline. It makes sense that it's a tables match for that women's. I'm tag agreeing title. with you. I'm saying I'm not saying oh, that they bad. shouldn't. <laughs> Agree with you. I'm saying all the matches should have some sort of element, whether it be yes. T or the L or the C or, or the all C. three. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I'm agreeing with you. Gets me heated, man. I, I, I see that. Gets me heated that you don't understand that I'm agreeing with you for the first time. Um, we are uh, talking about... The first time in forever. First time in forever. The uh, uh, Forgotten Sons returned on SmackDown. Well, not all of them. Not all of them. Uh, Jackson Riker uh, was not part of that. <laughs> they were... I heard uh, he's, two, he's, he two might be getting future endeavor. He might be getting future endeavor. soon. So here's, here's my... my take on this and all the following take is uh mine and mine mine's alone chris mindell's take um timing is everything and yes uh, timing is everything especially in wrestling know your place especially in wrestling know your place and read the room uh i'm again the following statement is mine and mine alone uh, <laughs> uh you're, you're gonna you're gonna roll your eyes when i say this and it's it, it is what it is uh, Donald Trump can go fuck himself. With that being said, Jackson Riker has the ability to say what he has to say. If whether you support who you support, that's fine. You vote if you voted for Trump. I have no problem with that. My issue is that his his tweets supporting Trump came at the exact same time as the Black Lives Matter protests started happening. Yes. No, the, read the room, dude. Re- read the room. I, listen, you you can have the the owner of the company and his wife. Wife works for Trump. Mm-hmm. Owner of the company it says it donated millions of dollars to his campaign. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is what it is. But you are you are removing this guy, and you're about to future endeavor him for just speaking out at the wrong place at the wrong time. And you could have done it now, or you could have done it you know, beginning of October, November. You could have done it more closer to the the election, which would have made more sense. But the way and t- the way and time that you did it, uh, completely wrong. And so now, there's two out of three. Forgotten Sons are <laughs> one of the Forgotten Sons is now going to be forgotten in Jackson Riker. <laughs> you like that? And uh, <laughs> I was waiting. If you weren't going to say it, I was. Someone was going to say it. Um, and so Jackson Riker is uh, is going to be future endeavored, as you as you so eloquently put it. My, I will agree with you on one aspect of what you said. I don't agree with the fact that he should be future endeavored for something that he said. Mm-hmm. Because this is the United States of America, and we do have freedom of speech, which not everybody else does. Right, right. And ironically enough, Jackson Riker fought in wars so that we could have our free speech. True. So it's kind of fucked up, it if is. you ask me, that they're going to future endeavor him over some bullshit tweet, but they don't give any shit to Velveteen Dream, regardless of if it was true or not. I completely agree. I completely agree. That's where it's... I don't agree that's a bullshit tweet. The whole PC tweet. culture, that's where, that's where I have the okay. the qualm, is, I, I is the whole PC thing is, is getting out of hand with all, all this bullshit. I, that I completely agree with. Um, and we'll, I'll get to that in a second. Uh the Mandalorian is brought to mind when you say that. Um, I, I don't agree that it was a bullshit tweet. I think that he had a point to it. Um, I think that what he said uh, was meant to be said at that time. He does not regret it. Um, the The unfortunate thing is that the rest of of uh, 
uh, Forgotten Sons got yanked because of him. So Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler got screwed over because of Riker. Yeah. Um, and this is back in, I mean, we're talking about the beginning of COVID was the last time we saw them because they got moved over from, from NXT to SmackDown. And yes. then he was, they were there for uh, like two weeks. And that was it. They were on two, I think, two episodes. And then you yeah, they were still with no, with no fan, with no nothing, right? With nothing in the crowd. It was before th- the Thunderdome. It was before right. th- the pseudo fans that are in NXT. This is still at the PC, yeah, still at the PC with yeah. like no NXT fans there. This is just all just them and silence. <laughs> um, so the, the, the we we look back on the COVID era of wrestling and the many uh, reiterations of of how it evolved from yeah. just from nobody. To just basically silence to them talking to microphones to, to hard camera, to then NXT uh, AEW doing it first with having fans in the crowd and then and, and then uh, WWE uh, following suit, and then the Thunderdome and so every everything has been like this evolution of of the no fan era, <laughs> and uh, I'd love at some point to go be able to go back and see how where it started from and how it ended up, um, and we'll see that you know with Tropicana Field, uh, but. All that is that. All that to say is that this this happened the beginning of that, and these two guys, Blake and Cutler, got screwed over uh, just because of of an untimely tweet. Um, and with that said, I again I don't agree with that this was a a bullshit tweet, but I will say that PC culture is getting annoying as hell because I watched uh, uh, episode three of The Mandalorian, and uh, I got so angry when I went when I when I went online and I was reading shit about that. But go on. So basically. Uh, uh, Baby Yoda just eating an egg and it, it, it not an egg, multiple eggs. multiple eggs, multiple frog eggs. Frog, I said, yeah. So how dare this fake character eat frog eggs? <laughs> what? Uh, I, I just, I could just use your head a little bit. Come on, I know. We, Do we, people we, not have imagination? I, it, it, I was talking when about, I was a kid I could sit in a cardboard box and I could race a car I could fly a spaceship <laughs> I could do so many fucking things here's here's the other thing too with that if, if we're really going down this road this this rabbit hole of if insanity and stupidity uh because of PC culture can I say I, I'm, I'm upset that nobody was nobody else is upset at the fact that uh while Princess Leia was in the Death Star that she watched her planet get destroyed by by Darth Vader Nobody was up in arms with that. Why is that on Twitter? I don't understand. What we are picking and choosing stupidity. Because it's Darth Vader. Nobody crosses <laughs> Darth Vader. It just it does it's so stupid. It is just so it's stupid. Ridiculous. It's, dumb. <laughs> it's, it's so, so dumb. It is just so ridiculous. So yeah, we just went down a, a sharp right turn with Mandalorian, uh, based on uh, Jackson Riker. So anyway, so expect uh, Riker to be future endeavored. Um, I found this to be the the funniest story of the of the week is that um, MJF. Is currently in a Twitter feud with legendary singer Dionne Warwick. Keep smiling, keep shining, knowing you can always count on me. So, this MJF, only MJF, that's what friends are for. Um, the drama ensued when Warwick responded to a Twitter post where it was revealed that MJF and Chris Jericho's Le Dinner Debonair segment on AEW Dynamite made its way into the New York Times list of best performances of 2020. This is not kayfabe. This is an actual thing. When Warwick saw, I'm not the, mad at it. I'm not mad at it. <laughs> New York Times, by the way. New York Times, <laughs> no, the, the creator of the creator of the, the New York Times bestseller book list, best performances of 2020. <laughs> You imagine like now yeah and everybody that was upset and mad about this whole segment like how stupid it was that it was that good 
that it would be made the New York Times list of best performances of 2020. Even what, if you are mad, you just have to take a step back from that and just look on the New York Times best performances of 2020. They have a wrestling angle. On wrestling there. angle on there. Yeah, that's how good it was. So when Warwick <laughs> saw this post, she wrote the following. She said, quote, this photo, and it's, it's basically uh, Jericho and MGF back to back. This photo made me think I was booked to wrestle somewhere, almost called my publicist. Best performances of 2020. She, she, it was actually pretty funny. MJF certainly <laughs> saw this tweet and gave a very prompt reply saying, quote, you better pray you aren't or you would be in the world of pain. Again, you, you better pray you aren't or, or you'd be in a world of pain, princess. <laughs> Hashtag better than you. <laughs> and to this, Dionne Warwick had her own retort saying, I have an interview with at in style in five minutes. You're lucky this time. And it, it included a fighting emoji. MJF responded by bringing up one of Warwick's songs. He said, yeah, yeah, Dion, just walk on by. Smart. <sighs> <laughs> and then, oh, and then it was, it was capped off by her saying, um, try Jesus. Try Jesus at the MJF, not me. And then it has a, a gif of two, two guys, two older guys fighting. Hey, Dion, read the room. <laughs> he don't believe in Jesus. <laughs> And then the New York Times <laughs> chimed in, uh, commented on Warwick and her Twitter prowess during the course of the year and saying that, quote, Warwick tweets the way she sings, smoothly, martini dry. <laughs> <laughs> that is the Dion Warwick MJF feud. I can't believe that this is actually a thing. That's uh, hilarious. Awesome song. Um, yeah, I just it was so funny just reading that, that MJF and, <laughs> and Dion Warwick are having a having beef. Um so there was that. Uh, I have that. Uh, speaking of crossovers and uh, you know uh, companies wanting to work with other companies, suddenly uh, Triple H is is in the mix with his his take. So he recently mentioned uh, during an NXT conference call to hype up War Games that WWE is currently open for business for working with other pro wrestling companies, and for a long time WWE has been seen as a company that simply poaches talents from various promotions and ultimately does nothing with them. Which is very true. Um, so now Triple H basically saying that he's able, he's they're willing to work with other companies. I'm sure that wasn't a McMahon statement. Um, and that Triple H kind of ventured out on his own and saying that. Um, yeah. So I'm just, I'm just very curious as to, um, you know, why he all of a sudden feels like it's, it's necessary for WWE to be known as, as uh, Kumbaya with everybody, which has never been the case. Even with, with even never with, even with their, own, with their own talent <laughs> with their own talent within, so uh, Triple H will see what the, how that New Japan uh, pro wrestling uh, combo works out. Do you have anything? Uh, I did have one quick thing before we uh, get into it. Where'd it go? There it is. Okay, <clears throat> Bullet Club officially rules all of pro wrestling. Mm. And I'll tell you why. Please. You have the Bucks, Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, and Hangman in AEW. You got the Good Brothers in Impact. You got AJ Styles on Raw. Mm. You got Balor and Cole in NXT. You got G.O.D., Jay White, Kenta, and Evil in New Japan with the current iteration of the Bullet Club. Right. And you have Marty Scroll in Ring of Honor. Every major promotion in pro wrestling 
has some uh, blueprint of the Bullet Club, Bullet Club on yeah. it right now. So how many? Just, how I many, want to commend them because it was. How many to- that, that's to- a feat. How many total members of the Bullet Club? Of the Bullet Club are there? Like currently or all time? Oh well. I, I mean, I guess both. <laughs> I, I, I thought, all time, maybe I thought close currently to thirty. Was, I, I thought no. uh, I thought all time they're still wrestling. No. Well, they are still wrestling. Yeah, I just saw so, all of them. But Bullet Club, like AJ Styles, is not in the Bullet Club anymore. Is he not though? He's not. Like he's officially like oh, gone from the Bullet Club. I mean, it, it, that's like saying Finn Balor is not part, part of Bullet Club. Like he's still in it. But he's not. They just associated with him. But like Marty Scroll, Hangman, all of them parted ways with their group, and they became the Elite. Oh. Okay. Right. Like AJ left to go to WWE. Right. That's when Kenny came in. Right. And then Cody also came in with them, like stuff like that. I would say probably close to twenty members all time. Okay. Right now, I know that there's five: Jado and Guido, uh, God. That's four. Bad Luck Folly. That's five. Jay White six, Evil and Kenta. That's eight. Okay. So I'm sure I'm probably missing somebody. Um, I found this another funny story here. Uh, speaking of Sting, uh, now being part of AEW, Tony Giovanni posted on Twitter that he is interviewing, as we mentioned before, interviewing Sting this this Wednesday on Dynamite. Uh and then Britt Baker starts trolling Tony Giovanni. Uh, not surprised. Why? For but for a very good reason. He said, "She said uh, he he said this Wednesday on AEW Dynamite on TNT, I'll speak to Sting for the first time with a Sting emoji, and then hashtag All Elite Wrestling, hashtag TNT Drama, AEW Dynamite, hashtag AEW Wrestling, hashtag It's Sting, and hashtag AEW, and then and then at All Elite Wrestling at AEW on TNT at Stinger at TNT Drama." Uh, the problem with that is that at Stinger has about 21 followers. So, oh, really? So Britt Baker goes, Tony, you tagged the wrong Sting <laughs> <laughs> with the face palm emoji and at Sting. So kudos to whoever holds the Stinger uh, Twitter because you, you just gained 20 more followers by accident. <laughs> by accident. And then they'll all be gone by uh, by the time everybody realizes that that's not the real Sting. Whoever reads a tweet or listens to this show. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Preferably not in that order. Um, do you have anything else before we Agreed. get? <laughs> do you have anything else before we get uh, really quickly into everything else that happened this week? I do not. So with Raw, uh, really quickly, I don't understand. They had uh, Jeff Hardy versus Elias in, and actually, I love this match. I hate the storyline. I love this match, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and this being, they're, they're, they've all of a sudden WWE has, has suddenly gone into uh, final match mode. Like, they're just cutting off storylines, like, suddenly. Like, they did it with Mysterio and Rollins for good reason. He's leaving um, temporarily. And then this was a final match. And it happened to be a Symphony of Destruction match with all these instruments. Why couldn't they have had that at TLC? Yeah, right. What, I mean, listen, it could be TLC slash instrument match. Like, you could have had this. This would have been a perfect match for it. With that being said, though, it was a, a, a great match up until the very end where... Uh, Elias was on a table outside of the of the ring, 
Jeff Hardy went on the top rope to do a swanton bomb onto the table. The table just happened to be right in front of the stairs that you walk into the ring for. Did the swanton onto Elias and then hit the back of his head onto the steps. Yeah. And uh, it didn't look good. It did not look good. <laughs> it did not look good. He just uh, being Hardy, being Hardy, just popped up and looked okay. Um, but there is there was concern backstage for his well-being. No X was thrown up because he walked away on his own. But uh, yeah, that looked painful. Why is everybody worrying about Jeff Hardy hitting his head and not worried about Elias electrocuting himself? This, <laughs> this is very true. Um, that looked legit. It, it, to me, that looked legit. It looked interesting. <laughs> it, looked, it looked interesting. I, I just like when uh, Retribution did the same thing when they threw they did that thing outside the Transformer blew up in, in its weird, sparky way. This, yeah. this, this, this did the same thing. Um, that was a funny spot. But uh, yeah, nobody's talking about Elias getting electrocuted. I hope he's okay. No, uh, unbelievable. People and, don't care about Elias. Thoughts and prayers. Um, <laughs> we have Oscar and Lana t- uh, beating Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler. I truly believe at uh, at um, TLC that they're going to win that, those belts. <laughs> we have Lana and, and Oscar be the champions. Uh, let's see here. Oh, and then the the sudden death triple threat match. Now, I I still don't understand why it's called sudden death triple threat. Um, unless you're going by a triple threat match, normally it's just the first person to get a pinfall wins. So what makes it a sudden death triple threat? First one to get a pinfall wins. So you, we're just like, <laughs> so, we're, so we're just saying. So basically, I could have just added sudden death triple threat wrestling match. What's the difference we, between a no disqualification, a no hold bars, and an extreme rules match? No, absolutely nothing. So again, All we're, right, there we're, you just, go. we're just adding more words onto the title for a match. It's just a regular triple threat match. Yeah. Okay, just, Why did we have to call it the horror show at Extreme Rules? Got it. Um, so uh, I, I really thought Keith Lee was gonna was gonna take this, and he did not. And so uh, Styles is the winner of this, and is going on to face Drew McIntyre at TLC. Um, I love the. Uh, at, well, we'll get to that at the end of this. Um, Dana Brooke taking on Reckoning. And the only reason why I bring this one up is because this is Reckoning's first match in WWE. And out of the gate, Dana Brooke knocks her mask off. And yeah. kudos to the announce team for not acknowledging that. But... Uh, oh, come on. Missed opportunity. Well, My God! That's me yeah, I'm sure. under that mask. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure Vince backstage was like, I don't don't you say anything. Don't say anything. Don't um, say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. So, that's, so that's not, what that's what they heard in their ears. Yeah, don't say it. Don't say it. Not only did the mask come off, not only was it not supposed to come off, not only did they not acknowledge the fact that it was Mia Yim. Uh Mia Yim goes through the entire match with without a mask, but she loses the match. She loses the match. This might be, and I, I, I hate, I hate with a passion speaking in hyperbole, but this might be the worst faction I've ever seen. What about the core? But see the core. The okay. I'm sorry if if if, if you're Spanish, you know it as the core. The the, <laughs> the core <laughs> was just a bootleg offshoot of Nexus, but they didn't they didn't last. I don't know if they lasted as long. I, I would have to go back and take a look and see how long they lasted as a group. But Reckoning has been around for a minute now. Oh, I got a better one for you. And they're shite. Yes. The Job Squad. The Job Squad. <laughs> but the Job Squad is supposed to be the Job Squad. 
Like that's right. a, it's, it's in their title. <laughs> it's it's in the title of their name. Good point. Reckoning was supposed to have like this this awesome faction where they this they destroyed a ring man. They destroyed the outside of you know, Transformers bootleg Transformers outside of a, a the, the complex. They destroyed a ring. They they had fifteen thousand members come out at one point, and then they they lost uh, Martinez. All, all these other side side wrestlers were gone because of COVID. They were all NXT uh, uh, signees and uh, and trainees. Um, they, they all got COVID, so they couldn't be around anymore. And so now this this faction, it, it, lucky enough, Slapjack earlier in the night beat Ricochet that I didn't even recognize. They it didn't uh, talk about. She, she Slapjack was, has had that mask for five years now. I just want to point this that out. Is I saw an Instagram post. No, I'm serious. I saw okay. an Instagram post earlier. Okay. It's from five years ago. He's wearing the <laughs> mask. The same, like, oh my god! The same thing. Crazy. Um, so not only does she lose this match, uh, Reckoning does, but then she gets uh, chewed out by by leader uh, 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 Ali, who, by the way, um, is not Mustafa Ali. How do you say it? M- uh, Mustafa. Mustafa Ali. Mus- Mustafa Ali. Yes. Okay. We had this. I'm just, I-, I believe you. I'm just bringing that up because uh, uh, I was watching it with Stephanie and uh, noticing that. Um, that Tom Phillips was saying Mustafa Ali, Mus- Mus- yeah, Mus- Mustafa, and we were like, "Why is he saying it like that?" And then, sure enough, on Twitter, he acknowledged that they've been saying it wrong all these, like all this time. They've been saying Mustafa, and it's actually not pronounced that way. Um, I'll do you one better, and I'll agree with Vince McMahon and only calling him Ali. For in this case, <laughs> so <laughs> this one in this case, <laughs> so Ali. Um, I just don't. I just don't get it. I don't get uh, this whole thing with, with there, retribution. It's a main event. It's a WWE's main event type faction. Uh-huh. That's what it is. It's a bullshit main event faction. In, in other news, uh, see that that's what that's what messed up about WWE calling their show main event. No, because the people that are on main event, you go, they were never. That's main events. Dana Brooke. Like, no, <laughs> that's that doesn't sound right. You've ruined Saturday night's main event for me. <laughs> by, yeah, exactly. By, by calling a a a jobber show uh main event. Um <laughs> I guess we'll we'll see what happens with uh retribution. In other news uh, that just came in on the wire right now, uh Rudy Giuliani, uh Donald Trump's lawyer, has just tested positive for COVID. Moving on. Um Good for him. <laughs> Good for him. Uh, McIntyre and Sheamus beat uh, Miz and Morrison via DQ. Of course they do. And then AJ Styles comes out. Um, and uh, I, the, the funniest part of, of AJ Styles' night was he, him being carried by uh, Big Jordan. That's not, that's not what they call him, though. Almost. Uh, uh, almost. They carried uh, by Big Jordan almost, uh, a.k.a. almost, uh, on his shoulders like uh like a little kid until he he, he dropped he uh, when he got onto the ramp he dropped off of his shoulder like it was, looked like a five foot drop like he was so yeah. high <laughs> shoulder um it was just very funny so that that is raw uh the only thing I can tell tell you I want to talk about with NXT unless there's anything else that uh, you happen to to want to bring up um where are we here uh, Grizzly Young veterans make their return against Imperium that ended in a no contest um and Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, to getting the advantage in the ladder match, and that Io Shirai is part of the women's uh, women's team for War Games. Um, I do have one thing that uh, pertains to the NXT roster. Oh, and that Pat, Pat McAfee is just amazing, and then CM Punk uh, recognized. There we go. Okay, go ahead, please. Sorry. 
No, that that was it. CM Punk recognized Pat McAfee as the best promo in WWE. Yep. Did he say WWE? He did. I mean, you're, you're paraphrasing, but his not that wasn't exact his exact words. But he was saying that if it wasn't for uh, basically for him, that you would yeah. have, you'd have no <laughs> nobody. Yeah, um, it was like basically take a look at Pat McAfee and what he's doing because he's the best you got right now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I hope to get that tweet. Um, so that's oh, and then and Zaylee and Boa uh, having their their segment where they're basically they're getting. I'm all in on that segment. I actually for the first time I actually liked what they're doing because before I have liked it from the beginning. Okay, I I didn't get what they were doing. I don't understand that they were basically getting. uh, First of all, I've never seen Boa. I don't know who Boa is. Zaylee, Zaylee, I I understand, and that you know she they this has been a long term storyline with with her where she's losing, 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 and then now the two of them are basically getting retrained and uh, being brought up, and there's a, a mystery figure that is training them. Um, so, look, look. Like I said, I'm okay with this storyline. No, I'm okay, with, I'm okay with it now, yeah. it's. And it, I think I liked it from the beginning because of the un, un, unnotable, no, that's not the right word for it, the uh, the mystique around it. Mystique. Yeah. Like, the you, you don't know what's going on. It was like, it, it, it was a cliffhanger of a storyline. It was pretty wild. I don't understand what it's going to lead to. I don't know who the mystery person is going to be. I don't know who that old dude is. I have a lot of questions about this story. <laughs> I have a lot of questions. And it is pretty wild how many questions I can ask about this damn storyline. I need answers. Here it is. A lot of it has to do with CM Punk, by the way. Uh, a lot of it has to do with circumstance. But everyone else on the show, parentheses S, so show or shows, should feel embarrassment. And subsequently, use, in, in big capital letters, use said feeling to better themselves at the fact that at Pat McAfee show is a better promo than everyone on the show's show or that's shows. coming from one of the best promos of the past decade. Of, of all time. <laughs> I, 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 CM Punk on the mic is one of the yeah. best of all yeah. time. Yeah. CM Punk, Rock, Stone Cold, Triple Flair. H, Flair, uh, you know, Mac McAfee's not there yet, but but McAfee's uh, not there yet. But you're just even even saying his name along with those people, he's kind of already there. He's already he's kind of already there. So he he, he cuts a promo, man. He he really does cut a promo. So uh, NXT is set up for uh, war games. So let's uh, actually we'll 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 get into uh, the card uh, later on. Um, and then let's see here. SmackDown, SmackDown, SmackDown. Uh, we have set up a TLC match with Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns for the Universal Title. Um, did not, I cannot wait for that, that for that match. That's gonna be a good one. Uh, we had Natalia against Bailey, and Bailey getting uh, enhanced squashed. Uh, basically, <laughs> this is all to set up for Bailey against uh, Bianca Belair, and uh, she taps she tapped out to the uh, the sharpshooter, which very surprised with that. And then Lana um, went on Twitter and congratulated the boat. I still damn. chuckle every time I say it. The boat. It's so ridiculous. Um, they had a uh, six-man tag uh, tag team tribute match for Pat Patterson with all former uh, Intercontinental title holders in Daniel mm-hmm. Bryan, Big E, Rey Mysterio, Sami Zayn, Dolph Ziggler, Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, of note, Big E with the new music and going back to his old-school uh, intro. So I, he, if he's going back to his old-school intro, I want him to go back to the five count. He, uh, <laughs> that, that would be cool. He came out with the uh, with the 
they chalk. So they had the, the bowl of chalk in the, at the top of the Did ramp. He? Had the hand in the thing, threw it up in the air, and and has all new music now. So uh, kind of pulling away from, but he still had the, the, the New Day attire, so kind of pulling away from New Day. Um, but Brian, it's Biggie, and Mysterio. I think it's got to be. It's got to be. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, had a segment with uh, Carmella and Sasha Banks, and basically just called her, uh, called Carmella a bitch. Uh we I love those segments. Rematch you're with no, you're a bitch. You're, you're a bitch. I'm the bitch. Uh, had the a, bitch is back. <laughs> had a rematch with uh, Corbin and Murphy, and this was the the segment that uh, introduced. Since uh, Corbin said he had uh, he had backup, and uh, for this time around, uh, Stephen Cutler, Wesley, Wesley Blake are now part of Corbin's crew, um, and so it was it wasn't acknowledged immediately, but it was acknowledged by uh, Corey Graves after the commercial that these two guys in hoods, two mysterious guys without their beards, they were shaved off. Mm-hmm. Um, were Cutler and Blake of Forgotten Sons, uh, and no no mention of of Riker. <laughs> so I just had a thought pop in my head. Please, what if you have a faction with the Forgotten Sons and Buddy Murphy? Okay, to try to get Buddy Murphy, you know, little propel Buddy Murphy up. Oh, the only reason I'm saying that is because as of, head, the head of the connection between Blake and Buddy. And that would be. Oh, they were. They were a tag team in NXT with Alexa as their oh, as their manager. I didn't know that. Oh, that's right. When, know that when, Alexa when, and, when Murphy and, and, and uh, Buddy when Buddy and uh, Alexa were together. Yeah, Buddy Buddy Murphy and and Alexa. Oh, I'm sorry, Murphy and Blake were a team. Okay, but and, uh, and Alexa was with them, I guess as a manager, like a valet type, right? Until she got like really into the wrestling part. And yeah, that's what they were engaged back then. Ah, damn, buddy! All comes full circle. Damn, buddy! Um, and then the main event with uh, Kevin Owens and Otis taking on Roman Reigns and Jey Uso, and this was an interesting match just because Roman Reigns is just, is my new favorite wrestler, which is a complete one eighty because I used to hate his ass so much. Um, this started off as a two on one with. Uh, Kevin Owens and Otis because Uso again <laughs> I, I like how they have Uso just continuing to be like this guy who talks about, talks off the you know the, the top of his uh, his dome anything that he comes out of his uh, in his head he just says and Roman Reigns always looks perplexed and, and disgusted by <laughs> by him um, so this, this actually started off as a two on one and Uso getting his ass kicked until Reigns' music hit like two three minutes later uh, he comes out basically destroys everybody destroys Otis uh, to the point where he he kicked his ass with steel steps, uh, and Otis had to had to leave, and then it was a two on one the other way uh, against Kevin Owens, um, and, and then uh, Owens continuing with the two on one disadvantage, and in the final moments, uh, Reigns entered the end of the ring, put him in the guillotine, uh, and it ended in a disqualification, but then that wasn't the end of it. Uh, they both get steel chairs, uh, Reigns and Uso does. And dis- and proceed to plummet and destroy, a pummel and destroy, uh, Kevin Owens, um, and then while that's all going down, Reigns turns and hits Uso with a chair, twice, put him in his place, put him in his place, and he said, "I'm I, stop stop being you know an asshole, <laughs> I'm the head of the table, nobody told you to do this," um, and so now the two of them are laying on the ground, and then uh, Reigns basically holds uh, Owens by the beard. And just starts to uh, rip into him, and that's how SmackDown ends with him standing over 
both Uso and Owens with the belts. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 I, I love him. <laughs> I love this. This this has been the character years ago when there were still people in the stands. Um, and this they, they pulled the trigger this year. I mean, not not that I'm mad that it happens, but it happens. And so we have this. We have a TLC match with Kevin Owens and uh, and Roman Reigns and Jay Uso just getting his his ass kicked by by Roman Reigns was just was was great. And I, that kind of got me in a, in a in a pop moment. I was like, oh, that that was surprising. Um. I also wanted to bring up the fact that I forgot to mention that in that uh, tribute match with Pat Patterson, that uh, Rey Mysterio, his eye is magically healed since Seth Rollins is gone. Um, yes, so now makes we, sense. So, it all makes sense because wrestling. Uh, Wasn't the uh, original the uh, Pat Patterson's Intercontinental Championship was on display? Wasn't it was. It? it was on display. Yes. Yeah. It was on display. That was um, really good to see. But by by uh, 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 Michael basically saying uh, Cole saying on, on the outside explaining how it was won by Pat Patterson and failed to mention again the fact that it was not a real tournament um but <laughs> but anyway I, I digress uh last but not least who came up with the storyline like who came up with the tournament storyline that's what I want to know I, I really want to know I want to know well I'm sure that they started it I we, will by next week I want to actually delve into this again remind me please next week that at the beginning of the show I want to delve into that tournament that happened in Rio Rio de Janeiro and okay. and for that IC belt, why it was deemed to be a tournament that was basically just given to Pat Patterson. Maybe there was an actual tournament, but it wasn't entirely. F- it wasn't at all for the Intercontinental title. And then they just like, hey, we got this idea for a belt, and Pat Patterson from America and won this tournament in Brazil. Why don't we just give it to Pat? <laughs> there you go. That might be it. That might actually be it. Well, I'll we'll take a look into it and find out next week. Um, finally, last but not least, uh, tonight's NXT War Games, my favorite NXT takeover of the year, as you are donning the shirt. Uh, is that from last year? That picture? No, this is actually fucking WCW. That's WCW War Games. Yeah. Nice. This is an old school picture. That is actual War Games. OG War Games. All right. I bought this right before the, uh, the first War Games. Like I didn't even know that War Games was coming back, right? And I was on the WWEShop.com and uh, saw the War Games one, and I was like, "I like War Games." So, and by the way, uh, I also love the movie too. That's just a side <laughs> note, Matthew Broderick. Um, by the way, uh, to go back to what I said before, as far as WCW's uh, WWE's acquisition of WCW and putting it to use, NXT has put those the those titles and. Though that, oh, yeah. to, to much use as far as their, oh, yeah. their takeovers and uh, their pay-per-views. Uh, it, it's it, not only just WCW, but they've done In, in Your House, uh, Halloween Havoc, and now War Games. So it's it's been uh, great use uh, of the uh, the former WCW names. Um, I want to get – we have five matches tonight. Uh, I want to get your take on each one of these and your predictions. I got Timothy Thatcher versus Tommaso Ciampa. Ciampa. Okay, Unless – see, this is where I get mixed up. It's Champa unless one of Timothy's students gets involved, uh, interfered. I completely agree. Uh, yeah. Dexter Loomis versus Cameron Grimes in a strap match. Dexter Loomis. Okay. Uh, the, the NXT North American Championship with Leon Ruff taking on Johnny Gargano and Damian Priest in a triple threat match. I don't. See, I. <laughs> I don't Part of see. me thinks Leon Ruff might retain. I. It. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I actually feel the same way. And if if they were smart about it. They would keep this going for at least another month. 
Yeah. Keep the storyline going. It is a funny storyline. I kind of like it. It, Yes, me too. Um, Congratulations also to Leon Ruff, who's just recently engaged to, uh, uh, see, and I I had the article too, uh, referee, WWE referee. Um, Oh, uh, Jesse Smith? Is it Jesse Smith? Mm, I don't know. I think so. If you type in SmackDown referee, SmackDown woman referee, no. Yeah, it'll come up there. Aja Smith. Uh, just uh, AJA, AJA. Forgive me for not knowing how to pronounce your Aja <laughs> Smith. Aja, Aja Smith. Anyway, they're engaged. Congratulations <laughs> to Leon Ruff. Mazeltov. Mazeltov. Um, and then the women's uh, war game match with Team Shotzi, with Shotzi Blackheart, Ember Moon, Rhea Ripley, and Io Shirai taking on Team Candice, and Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Tony Storm. And Team Shotzi. I'll take Team Shotzi. Shotzi has the advantage. One. Okay. Uh, I will take Shotzi, Team Shotzi as well. Uh, but on the other hand, for the men, we have the Undisputed Era taking on uh, Team McAfee and Pat McAfee, Pete Dunne, Danny Birch, and Oni Lorcan. Do you want my realistic opinion or my opinion? Sure. Okay. Uh, I'm very biased, so I'm saying Pat McAfee's taking this all the way. Okay. But? It's the Undisputed Era. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it's like, I don't know. I really think that McAfee's going to take this. I think McAfee's team's going to take this because it just falls under the umbrella of you have an, a, a recently established team that needs to get be, be put over, and Undisputed Era is already over. So I, I think McAfee, just because it's a, it's a new faction, I think they're, they're going to take it. I'll agree with you on that one. Um, and I'm all for Pat McAfee. I, I'm all in on I'm, I'm all in on Pat McAfee. <laughs> I, I want to see McAfee and Cole at the, on the top of, a, of the cage in some some ridiculous uh, spot for that. Um, I want to see Pat McAfee moonsault off the top of the cage. <laughs> I can, That's just I believe a personal he, preference. I believe he can do it too because he it, that that match that he had with Cole was very very impressive. Um, th- and, the only and that Brock jump. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, the only thing I'm not looking forward to in in tonight's uh, pay per view is that there's not going to be any people there. And War Games has been well, the Capital Wrestling Center. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, like people, people, like a lot of people. <laughs> you know, it just seems like like yes, last year, and the spot that uh, Champa had with with Cole, it went over not because not only because of the spot that it was in in just getting destroyed with through a table that was you know 20 feet below you. Mm-hmm. But that the people that were there were just so hyped about it, and you know, that, and the people at home too. I'll tell you, I, I, that in, was wild. Insane. That that was such a great match. Um, yeah. So I, it, coming from the match, one of the matches of the year last year to to this year, I, I'm hoping that it lives up in its not simplicity, but in, in its uh, lack of of heads in in the arena. But uh, agreed. I'm very excited. Very excited for tonight and and these matches. Same, um, but uh, and these are all all matches that were, with the exception of Thatcher and Champa, have been kind of set up for like the last two weeks or so. But everything else has been set up like for the last couple of weeks, and very excited, uh, especially with that McAfee match. Uh, I'm looking very much forward to it. Anything yeah. else before we uh, we get up out of here? No, let's go to war. Let's go. <laughs> let's go to war. With that being said, uh, we have the perfect theme song to show out. It was only a matter of time. It was really. It was just, it had to be your theme song for war games. Generals gathered in their Very much looking forward to this. Anything else? You know what? This entire time, we did this entire show, and we didn't even do an intro. So I'm going to do an intro and an outro in, in all in one breath. 
Welcome to Sons of Slam Show. I'm Chris Mindell along with the Reaper, Mr. Joe Black. That was Sons of Slam Show. My name is Chris Mindell along with the Reaper, Mr. Joe Black. Please hit us up on Twitter, Sons of Slam Show, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Sir? Adios and hit the wall. Damn, I missed it. That's on me. That's on me. We're supposed to be professionals. Come on. You know. Uh, uh. Here we go. Peace. Hit that mark. Sons of Slam podcast.